Bonjour, bonsoir, dear friends, and welcome to JCB Live. Very exciting Monday for this happy hour. We're going to be with a very charming man. You're going to see a fabulous smile. The smile inspires you and breaks any moment of vulnerability between you and your own self. It's very exciting because Adam, a native of California, studied art, but is using his art in a very unusual way, in a very charismatic way. He is an entrepreneur as well. Besides being an artist, he's creating his own firm. And he's a true disruptor. He consults with all the biggest firm you know, from Apple to all the big names, and he gets in the group and does something that builds psychological safety. This is quite brilliant. And he's going to show us today how he does that. He knows how to take people outside of their safety zone, bring them back in and out, and guide them. He's known as the Trojan horse of this world. His company is Late Night Art. So this is very appropriate for today. Ladies and gentlemen, you may see him drawing. Welcome to Adam. <laughs> Look at this, Adam. In person. All right. Bonsoir. Thank you, Jesse. Good to meet you. Great to meet you. Great to see you. Thank you for having me. Well, and dear friends, by now you all know the fabulous Dylan because he's behind the camera. And Adam is Dylan's cousin. It's true. That's so true. this is why. So to family, to friendship, to love, to love, to passion, beautiful, to your irresistible girlfriend who is with us as well. <laughs> Ooh la la! This is a full house, dear friends. You might as well come and attend here in the studio. We are in Yonville at the wine bar. Thank so you. So we got to look at each other in the eye. Huh? Absolutely. Thank you, Jesse. So bubbles oh. from Burgundy to celebrate a new mm. year. Beautiful. So what a journey. Quite exciting. Yes. So maybe before we, we, we dive in, how did you get this amazing idea? And where does that stem from to have created such a business from being an art student originally? Mm. Yeah. So my, my mom tells me that when I was, I've been painting since I was about two years old. And um, she enrolled me in a, a course in Berkeley called the Berkeley Art Studio, yes. where we would go and we would just have paint and we would throw it on the walls Love and I would it. come home covered in paint. And it was a very liberating experience, yeah. right? And so I carried that inspiration for the creative process. But when things really shifted for me was when I was 13 and mm. I was sent up to a camp that was a leadership program yeah. that used different art forms to connect teenagers from very different backgrounds, so who are from all over the world. And so I watched these facilitators and guide a group of about 50 teenagers who became, who are strangers. Yes. And then over seven days became like family. For sure. And so I watched this happen and it really felt like magic. Yes. Like the facilitators were like uh, wizards and witches and I had never seen anything like it. And I just thought, when I was 13, I want to do something like that. And what kind of art form did they do when you say all kinds besides painting? So it was it was uh, freestyling and beatboxing and playing guitar and dancing. But it was using these art forms to help us connect across our differences, to help us find our voice, to help us feel more comfortable Very in our cool. bodies. And so it was not uh, art classes to become a better painter, a better dancer. So I realized that the arts at that time when I was young could be used as a tool yes. for self-confidence, for building connections with people who are different from us and just for really valuable purposes. And so I got this idea of stemming from that. At 13 really, years old. I mean, I didn't know it then, but I was yes. just very inspired. Yeah. That's my, amazing. My mom calls it. Uh, she said that I had a spiritual experience Yeah. Um, at 13. And I would well, say, I want to go and do yeah. this training, but I'm going to do it with you. Okay. Yeah. That, well, that's, that's kind of what inspired me. What you me. do. Yeah. So then you, you studied visual arts yeah. at the university uh, in Santa Cruz. Sure. And from there, you became an entrepreneur and you decided to start your business. Yeah. And, it's, and it was a big journey because I d identified very strongly as yes. an artist. And I was really, um, I'd say I had a lot of discomfort with the corporate world and with business because I wanted to be different. I wanted to be disruptive. I wanted sure. to be creative. And I didn't want to be involved with anything I felt like was boring or that would kind of 
drag me down or kind of put a um, something over my life, right? And so when I learned about social entrepreneurship, yes. um, I discovered that I could also, I could be a creative person, I could be myself and I could also do good and do business. And I, it was a long path to figure out how I could translate my being an artist to becoming a business owner. Which is very unusual because often when you're in the arts, you're not in the business. Yeah. So you have two sides of the brains working pretty well. Exactly. Left and right. Yeah. It's always a balance. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it gets way too far in the business side and I feel like I need to infuse my, crea my creative side and my For inner sure. child and nourish that part side of myself. And then sometimes I get too far off in the adventure and wild creativity and I need more structure and more, um, you know, operational business side yeah. of myself too. So. Well, you deal with the biggest companies in the world from Google to Apple to Twitter to all the big names. You deal with the top universities, Stanford, Berkeley. I mean, you name it. So what's your process? Describe how you do things. Yeah. And you can all see him, of course, on many TEDx talks he's done. And we will post those later so you cannot be distracted now <laughs> and still be with us. But it's very exciting. And I've watched uh, Adam on those TED talks. It's very cool. Yeah, thank you. So um, how do I do what I do? So like I said, I, I started off what, with what I'm doing when I was working with young people yeah. and I was really passionate about the creative process. So again, it was not so much about teaching these teenagers art. It was how to get them excited about the creative process. Yes. And so I, I explored how to incorporate music into my classroom to play really loud music that they loved that would get them into a space where they're all smiling and nodding yeah. their heads and comfortable. And then once they were in that space, I could get them to do things that they would never have done before. So very smart. So you build the environment that they feel comfortable and excited to then, then get them to do what you want. Yeah, exactly. This is true manipulation. Yeah. This but is from you, the Machiavelli era. He's yeah, the man. I know. You can call it, you know, tricking someone or manipulating an environment, but I think it's more just smart. Yes. It's about how do you meet people where they're at and get them comfortable and feeling, right. feeling safe and have them let let down their guard That's and it. then once they've built that trust they will do anything not anything but they'll do a lot you know so let's put music you know i love lady gaga john legend so <laughs> let's imagine they're playing and then so what do you do so well what i realized is that i mean this this process i was a dj yes. i was using music in my classroom i was able to really transform the environment of my classroom and then also move into the space of getting people to build art collaboratively yes. instead of by themselves. And so when they were all working together and rotating on all these different pieces around the classroom, it changed the culture of that Absolutely. environment. And people let go of their judgment of themselves, they let go of the criticism of each other, and they stepped into this playfulness in their process. That's the so key. So that was, that was the beginning, it was in this classroom. And I started leading parties um, yes. for my friends and for other people in Seattle and Vancouver in British Columbia. And we added gourmet food element. We added alcohol. Oh, good. Wine, and I hope. We had, we had wine. Can we, can we make sure JCB 21 uh, is always part of it? Absolutely. 21st century, you know, 2021, we have to, right? I love it. Maybe, and by the way, what does it make you feel? Oh, this, this it feels, I think, uh, the word light. It mm -hmm. just feels... Um, Calming, light, effervescent. Um, for me, there's an association with the flourishing of life. How to, how, what it feels like to be in a, uh, a place without worries. Oh. That's, that's that. So the more JCB you drink, you never have to worry. <laughs> Maybe it's our new tagline. Yeah. I love it. So that was, I was, I was leading, you know, this classroom environment. It turned into more of a nightlife party environment. Yes. And then there was a really interesting journey that led me into doing this inside of corporations and businesses and, that's right. and schools. And so people just, they saw what I was doing. It was very provocative. It was very... Um, unusual, mm -hmm. this combination of getting strangers to connect. And I was introducing yes. meaningful questions and getting people to connect with each other and then draw as they responded to these questions. And when they would draw, for instance, if I was drawing from your story of well, maybe we should try where, where you grew up. Yes. And then I showed you this drawing 
um, what happens often for the person is they feel a sense of connection, they feel yeah. seen, and yes. they feel this um, sort of openness to this person. So through the arts, there's like a channel all Absolutely. of a sudden between two people who might not speak the same language, who might be in different, different um, teams within a business, or they might be a professor and a student, but it humanizes them. So they're, yes. they're not their role. They're not their, they don't interact with each other in the same way That's right. um, where one person has more power than the other. And because of that, there's just a beautiful opening that happens. So you really break boundaries. Yes. You really allow people in a new way to connect and to see themselves and the other differently. That's the power. Exactly. This. Yeah. And I realized that, you know, I was able to do this in so many different environments mm -hmm. that it started to really build my own confidence around the power of what's possible. Yes. And the most provocative and um, interesting environment I did it in was in Louisville, Kentucky yes. with federal probation officers Oof. who worked with people who have been incarcerated for 20 years. And so I did this process, which at this point was called late night art. Yes. And it was all about building empathy with people who they work with who had been in jail. Yes. And these were hardened, uh, you know, people who all were, they had firearms, they had bulletproof vests, and they were not interested in the arts or creativity or doing things that felt juvenile. Yes. And through this process, they were crying, they were hugging each That's other. Right. There was this beautiful feeling of connection and compassion and compassion to and empathy and their their boss said i don't know how you did this but we have to do this with every probation office across the whole country did you actually push it to go all the way down to the prisoners too i i have because it would be a quite an interesting i i, I see too. like in this time of uh what feels like a really um, a lot of division in our country in yes. our world i see this process that i've created as a tool for connection and especially yes. with people who don't see each other or yes. maybe who dehumanize each other or don't understand each other. And so I'm interested in that, um, that aspect of it. Would be fascinating. Yeah. So I'm thinking we in the parties, okay, there's right. music, <laughs> we're dancing. And now to break the ice and bring everybody together. So yeah. what kind of questions do you actually trigger? Sure. How, what's your process? How do you do it? So the way that I think about this is that I'm taking people on a journey. So there's an incremental... Yeah steps on the journey where I'm just meeting them where they're at with great music and there's beautiful flowers and there's art supplies and they feel like, oh, this is going to be fun. Because yes. a lot of people, it's, um, they're forced to be there by their company, you know, whether right. it's Apple or Pixar or LinkedIn. It's like they didn't choose to be there. Mm -hmm. They have to. So they walk into a forced environment and then there's beautiful music playing and they immediately feel, oh, this is not a normal corporate training. Yeah. And so then once they're there and they sit down, I usually do something immediately to connect them with their imagination. So yes. how to get people out of their analytical mind yes. and into a space of feeling, uh, emotions, and, and exploring. And I do that often through a process. Actually, we can try. Let's, um, Ooh, let's, why not? let's do this. I think that could be a lot of fun. Are you up for it, everyone? <laughs> let's do this. So I like to call this... I like you. You brought... A little supply. We're gonna have a lot of fun drawing there tonight. We go. And I like to call this the visual conversation. Yes. So this is um, we're communicating without words. Yeah. We'd be communicating only with um, with visuals. So I'm gonna ask you to do a little mark on the page. Yes. And just a doodle, like a quick three to five seconds. Anything. You know. Don't think too too hard about it. Beautiful. And so then with this, I'm just going to respond to it. So I'm going to, I'm going, Maybe I'm going to do. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm going to <coughs> add on to your drawing just for a couple seconds. As I was seeing one person, Adam, I was come to imagine the other side of you. I wanted both personalities. <laughs> And so then you can go ahead and keep adding on to it. Keep adding on, of yeah. course. <laughs> and we can just do a couple. Absolutely. A more. Maybe I'll draw a little hand with a wine glass. What about that? There here? we go. <laughs> 
which is half full, of course. Here we go. <laughs> it's so fun. So we're communicating through drawing. Exactly. And so, and so now I might ask uh, us to just create a title for this drawing. So maybe let's, let's think of what could be the title for this drawing. Um, emotional senses. And then I'll just add on of, of wonder. I like that word. There we go. So this is, you know, this process took uh, two minutes. That's right. But even in that very short time, it allowed for us to get out of the normal way that we're communicating with, yes. with our minds. Yes. And step into uh, something that feels a little deeper where even without even knowing it, I'm probably revealing some side of myself. You did. That I don't usually reveal. Mm -hmm. And it happened through the drawing. And it also connects us in a very interesting way. I totally it's, agree. And I feel it. And I drew it openly with one eye because I was hoping and expecting you would draw the other. So we fully communicate. Exactly, exactly. And we transparent to one another. And so when I'm doing this process, this is a way of just opening up yes. people to connecting in a way that might feel like a little bit more like nonsense or it feels like it's non-productive. Yes. Which for engineers or for executives, for right, sure. I work with a lot of groups of executives where time is money and things are very, very segmented. They have 15 <laughs> minute meetings. Yes. So they come to my workshop and it's two hours long. And there's a lot of um, different expectations around like, what am I going to get out of this? That's right. So the first step is just letting go of that expectation and stepping more into just connecting with Absolutely. Someone. And so, so it's a one-on-one. -on -one yeah, with, it's, with a two group, it's a group process. And so right from the beginning, I get people into groups of two. Okay. And so there's usually when I'm doing this live, there's a long piece of paper and there's art supplies and the people are looking at each other. When I'm on Zoom now this whole year, you know, I use breakout rooms and we get people into groups of two. Oh, great. Yeah. So, so that's the beginning, engaging the imagination, opening up uh, empathy with another person. Because everybody has great imagination. Absolutely. Don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, I meet some people who says I have zero creative and it's so wrong. Yeah. We just need to trigger within ourselves yeah. that aspect of it. Don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, every time I hang out with young children, yes. it becomes so clear that at the core of our being is imagination and joy and really, um, we're all so, uh, this is like, all we really want to do is create in the world. And I think that so many of us have stepped into a more yes. of a passive place of consuming what other people are creating yes. or just critiquing it and um, watching screens. And so I think this process of creating things live in the moment, it brings out, it evokes something that's really deep in us. Yeah. Uh, as you observe a lot of people, do you believe in actually the destiny of creativity? You think some of us are more made to appear in this world as creators and others more as watchers and listeners? I, I think that we all have an equal right as creators. Okay. Um, and we all have um, at the core of us, like I said, is our imagination and, I our, love and, that. and our ability to step into our own world and bring out things that are interesting, that are unique to ourselves. Um, and so I think some people, the, the gate towards that world of their imagination is more open and free yes. and where other people it's more blocked. And I think that when I talk about being creative, you know, in the business context, we often talk about innovation yes. and the ability to create things that are fresh and new and that are, um, pulling together things that are not similar and creating something that's really important and mm -hmm. powerful in the world. Yes. And so in order to do that, people need to have a sort of confidence in their creativity and how to build that confidence is around taking risks. And so there's a, a sort of a process to building your confidence and your creativity. And I think that when you open the door to your creativity, your whole life changes. Like yes. people, it's not just uh, for fun, it really shifts people's relationships and their work and their whole life. So, so talking about innovation and creativity, we oh. did it with this wine. I'm going to have you try and give us a little comment. So this is a Pinot Gris. Mm. Adam was born and raised in the beautiful region of Petaluma and Sonoma, so you know it well. This is from Sonoma County. And we introduced in this one, as you can see, a screw cap. So something very different. So maybe I'll just get this out of the way. Well, or we could keep drawing, okay. or you could describe okay. this wine for me. Okay. Because you know a lot about wine. And oh. talking about creativity and, 
and pushing the boundaries, we did a screw cap, which is not common for fine wines. So I'll follow you, actually. Uh, okay, I'm going. I grew up clockwise. I'm creating energy, but okay. maybe I should go. Right. Cows. Let's create cows tonight. <laughs> Let's be disruptive together. <laughs> it's amazing. Fabulous Sonoma, the diversity mm. it has. Mm. Pinot Gris, we make only a few hundred cases of this wine. Ooh, beautiful. Only available at the winery. And we wanted you to try it, as we know you are the experts. Dylan told me you drink a bottle of wine a day. <laughs> and specifically, <laughs> when you do late night art. <laughs> okay. Um. And your girlfriend actually told me, maybe in the morning there's a little glass just to freshen up. <laughs> <laughs> she she's, says no. Yeah, no. she's been really vulnerable with me for a few <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna take another sip and I'll see what I can describe. I'd say in your own words, uh, you don't have to use honeysuckle and white hair, <laughs> the typical thing we may expect. The, the word that comes to mind is soft. Mm. Mm. Soft. So texture. I like that. It does feel fruity to me. Mm -hmm. And by the way, do you like it? I love this wine, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love the first one, and then I love this one. This one feels more subtle, a little more subtle, fruity, um, very easily drinkable. Ooh. <laughs> So but, we are excited. You're going to have to try it, all of you, dear friends. It's very good. So, Adam, how do you take people to become, through those process, the most important thing is to allow yourself to be vulnerable. Sure. And to go through that area. So how do you push them to go there? Yeah. So what I was saying before is that the process that I lead people through my business, Late Night Art, and this two-hour workshop that I've been creating, it's taking people on this arc, this yes. journey, the incremental steps. It's like a ladder that people are climbing yes. and step-by-step, so not making sure not to miss a rung. Each, each moment, I'm giving them just what they need to push them a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further. And so because of that, people are just letting down their armor, taking off, uh, being a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more, and then the hope is that by the end, people are really sharing and connecting in a way that they, they never have, they possibly have never done before, and that sort of surprises them. And, and how so, do you hope they share? What do you hope they share? So I think like an example is I worked with um, a group of executives and from a, a, one of the biggest companies in the world. And each of these people they all ran a different region of the world. So yes. one guy ran all of Southeast Asia, one guy ran all of Italy, one guy ran all of um, France, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they had huge jobs and yeah. their relationships with each other uh, was very important. It actually had a big impact on the business. And generally they have a very specific way of talking, of relating, it's everyone's in a Navy suit. They're like, all these guys are like, a kind of like this big figure, like, always talking about their successes and, and it's, and so for me, what success looked like yes. is one of the guys <clears throat> through this process of um, asking questions and giving each other ideas, he revealed that he has a son who has Down syndrome Okay. and his daughter is getting married and that his son, he's, he's pondering, is his son going to get married? And just in this, in this uh, sharing to the group, um, all of these other executives, they, they recognized because they were responding to his question, um, will, he said, will James get married? And they yes. didn't know who James was. So some said yes, some said no. And these guys, they started saying, um, you know, I, now that I know your son's situation, I just hope uh, with all of my heart that he finds love in his life and I just will pray for him, mm -hmm. you know, and then, and they, and these guys, they would, Risk. they would hug each other and then, and then the guy who shared is he's now crying course, yeah. and then the whole room all of a sudden is just like talking about their experience with their children and the, their challenges and the tone of everything shifted. So it went from being a kind of like, a, you know, puff up your chest, just talk yeah. about your successes to people being really, really vulnerable with each other and really 
strong friendships and connections are starting to happen. That's why it's so important to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And it's right? for me, and it's not about forced vulnerability. That's right. I'm not interested in just people blurting out things. And mm -hmm. I feel like there's often when that happens, a feeling where people feel like almost like um, ick, uh, like I heard something that I shouldn't have heard. Yes. Yeah, there's like kind of a reaction to it, which feels like forced. But for me, it's it's about creating the environment. And once if it's incremental steps, and then all of a sudden there's an opening, the whole group softens, something changes in the environment and you can feel it. Everyone can feel it. And they leave feeling like lighter and more connected to each other than ever before. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. So I've seen that that has been like, for me, it's very satisfying to create environments like that yes. because then I can even just step away and, and, observe. Then, and they are just, and the magic is happening without me needing to be there anymore. And that's yeah. the hope also Then I could leave and they have built such a strong connection and community that I'm not even necessary anymore. So you use art in yeah. that process. So yeah. describe to us how you do this. Mm -hmm. you, you put the art supplies, but besides this first exercise we did, ph phenomenal and fascinating, and I want to discover why this beautiful bowl, by the way, <laughs> or maybe it's a crystal bowl to say what you're going to be drinking <laughs> as a wine glass, yeah. is um, how do you do it with, with that? art supplies and you take it to the next level yeah so i think where i'm trying to get people to often at the end of this process yes. is um what i call the board of advisors and this yes. is this is like a experience that i created that allows people to share what is the greatest challenge that they're facing in their life right now mm -hmm. and this is something that's keeping them up at night that feels like um, they might not talk about it but it's on their mind all the time for sure and so I'll get everyone to identify that, that challenge, put it into a question, and write it down on the page, and then circle it. So we have all these really powerful questions. And then I get people to think about if they were each other's board of advisors, yes. and they really had each other's back, how, what, would they, what kind of advice would they give? What kind of resources would they provide? Yes. And I get them to I put on some great music, uh, instrumental, soft, reflective music. And you play music too. I right? do, yeah, but, and sometimes we have live music, but typically I'm sort of DJing behind the scenes while I'm facilitating. Yes. And I get them to walk around the room and they start to answer each other's questions. Hmm. And they're doing so in a really heartfelt and thoughtful way. And it's also anonymous. So as, as they go along, each question is like a mind map that has a beautiful array of responses. And when they get back to their seat, all of a sudden they have all these new ideas to, to address the challenges that they're Very facing. Cool. And so that's, that's kind of where I'm hoping to take most business teams to is to be in this collaborative problem solving yes. um, atmosphere where they feel really generous. Like yeah. they might be, usually they're only willing to help a couple people who are their allies and close friends, but all, all of a sudden they feel like they're really wanting to support everyone who's in the room. Hmm which doesn't happen that often. That's very exciting. Yeah. So besides um, helping businesses of that level and the big companies we've mentioned, who else do you work with and what kind of, of uh, big example you want to share that you've done that was very eye-opening for you? Mm. I think that I've, I've been fortunate to travel to, um, I think, 10 different countries now to do late night art yes. and it's happened in 12 countries. And, and so for me, when I was most recent uh, country that I did it in was Vietnam Ooh. and I partnered with a nonprofit and we, we worked in three different cities. We worked with young people who have mental and physical disabilities and then all of their mentors. Yes. And I did events in Hanoi and Hoi An and another town called Hue. And so in that, I just got to witness one, I had a translator mm -hmm. who was translating everything I said yeah. into Vietnamese. And two, I got to witness this beautiful connection that was happening between these young people and their teachers. And t typically, like, there's a power hierarchy between the teacher and the student. Of course. But I think in my workshop, there's an experience of them being peers. And so I think that for me, it's just so beautiful, especially working in different cultures, seeing how the arts, how music, how this process can create an like a, almost an irresistible atmosphere yes. where people feel like um, just like 
seen and heard and loved and like a sense of belonging and connection that they might not normally feel. That's so, amazing. I mean, it, for me, like it brought tears to my eyes just watching it happen, watching the laughter, watching um, people. The in, connectivity in between them. Yeah. How did you realize, because a lot of friends of ours, it's a new year, 2020, are always thinking, what shall I do? Yeah. What's my future? What's my path? How do I change my life? I mean, how did that come to you, creating this company from an artist to an entrepreneur, creating this business? Did you, how, how did it come to you that you had this gift? Mm. For me, it's, it took a long time for me to realize that I had the gift because I was yeah. doing it consistently. And really, it was just a combination of the things that I love to do, which was DJing, music, curation, creating atmospheres, yes. bringing people together in meaningful ways. I was always sort of unsatisfied with nightlife, like clubs and yeah. even live concerts when I was in a, a concert with 500 people and we're all looking up at the stage and no one is connecting with each other. Yeah. Even though some of us are dancing, I just feel yeah. like whenever I'm in a space with a lot of people, it feels like a missed opportunity if we're not kind of figuring out Meeting how, how can we connect all the people who are yeah. here and it's not necessarily about the person who's on the stage. So. I think for me, Very well said. nightlife is way more interesting when there's a sense of um, connection and also when people feel safe enough to really open up to each other. That's right. So I think that that's what I was seeking and I didn't see it out there. So that's what I created. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning of late night art in Oakland and San Francisco was creating the party that I wanted to go to. Well, what would be the ultimate nightclub you should create so we all connect when we go there? Yeah, I mean... Maybe after this pandemic, you should open one. <laughs> okay. We'll provide the wine. There we go. Guarantee. <laughs> it could be a good partnership. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that, that, was, that was the beginning of it. And then I realized that when I started getting asked to come into organizations... Yes. F at first, there was a feeling of, I'm not, you know, I'm an artist, I'm not a business person... I'm not worthy. I, who am I to go into um, a huge organization? Like Apple, I mean, like, for God's sake. Yeah, or like LinkedIn or Old Navy or eBay. And to go into an organization like this and I feel like an outsider, what do I have to contribute? That's right. So it took a long time for me to realize that my, my upbringing, you know, my artistic mindset, yes. my creativity is desperately needed in all of these places. And I have a lot to teach these executives, I have a lot to teach these HR teams, like because they operate in a certain way, and especially with the culture that's created, there's a lot of it's very much in the box. Yes, there's things you do, there's things you don't do. So why are we so within the box? What's the issue with our society today that we all operate into this box with that level of culture that does not allow us to trans transgress that box? Yeah, I think. Um, I'm reading um, a book by Brene Brown called Braving the Wilderness. Mm -hmm. And she talks about this really beautifully, which is that we stay safe. Yes. We hang out with people that are just like us because um, deep down we're afraid that if we really truly express ourselves, we'll be ostracized from our community, yes. from our team and our organization, sure. from our family. So because, well, because we don't feel safe to really be ourselves a lot of the time, we play it safe. And we play in the box. You know, mm -hmm. we play in a very structured way without revealing the but fullness. Are we afraid because we feel society is too judgmental? I think that we fear that if we go against someone else's beliefs, yes. the fear of being thrown out of the, the team or the club or the family, yes. the, feel, the fear of being dismissed um, as other and not having a sense of true belonging and connection is so great that we would rather not. Yeah. So are you yes. trying to push those executives, those people in general, to go beyond that boundary? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you feel you succeed. I have. Yeah. And are you yourself outside of that boundary? I think, um, am I myself when I'm leading people through this process? Well, that and your true self outside of that. Yeah. From the boundary you define as a boundary. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I mean... Like one answer to that is that it's like a, it's a journey for our whole life that the yes. boundary keeps getting bigger. And so who we are is changing constantly. That's right. But I think that when I first led Late Night Art in Oakland, there was a part of myself that came online where I was recognized by the people who were in my audience as what I, what I had done truly changed their life. Yes. And that there was some part of me
so deeply connected to my purpose and what I'm here to do well said. that they felt inspired to do the same. So I realized that I was on my path, that I was... Congratulations. I was kind of finally in my power, in myself mm -hmm. when I started doing this. And so that was the beginning. Well, I asked this question. Yeah. It's, uh, it was for you that beginning. Yes. Well, sometimes, why do I ask this question is, uh, I feel I play too safe. Yeah. Oh, and, I think especially as entrepreneurs, yeah, it's, I mean... And often, many people say, God, you're so much on the boundary at all time. Yeah. And for me, I played very safe. Sure. And if I really wanted to be the boundary, I would go two standard deviation away. Yeah. But for the same reason of the judgment of society, the power of others saying, ostracizing you or saying you're pushing too far... Uh, maybe we don't go there. And I think it's unfortunate. So I love your idea of helping people to go there. How do we, I let you finish this white because we're going to take you to your home, to the exact home of the Russian River now. But I feel, I, I really feel you with that. As, as yes. a business owner and for me as a creative person, the desire to take risks and to really throw myself out yes. there is so is so strong you know i don't i'm not interested in playing a safe life yes or having a conventional path and so because of that if once i start to feel like things are too methodical yes things have become too routine i want to go somewhere else you know and how often do you feel that i <laughs> a lot yeah you do yeah. and how do you because i think it's very interesting for our audience yeah. how do you know Within the circle, you hear you want to go there and you measure the fact that you actually have been there or mm. are there, yeah. present, progressive. You yeah. see what I mean? Sure, yeah. I mean, it's, like I said, I think it's constantly changing. But I mm -hmm. think that this idea of if, if we're not uncomfortable, then we're, yeah. then we're playing it safe. Like, I love the, the model that I teach my audiences is that And it's very, very commonly taught, you know, that we have our comfort zone, our safety zone, which we operate in for most of our life. Yes. And with our familiar people, our community, and this is where we feel like at home. But when we're in this space, we're not learning, we're not growing, we're not yes. evolving as human beings. So we have to push ourselves outside of that. Or we have to put ourselves in some environment where we're getting outside of that. And so for me, that's, it's been about creating that environment for other people, which they get into that kind of more unpredictable learning that's right. space that's challenging without throwing them too far into a space of like frenetic panic. Mm -hmm. So how do I not push them too far, but yeah. just enough? And I, I'd say I'm still looking for, there's a lot of things in my life that have put me into the challenge zone. And I feel like I'm very much in that as an entrepreneur in, yes. in a lot of different aspects of my life. But I'm always looking for people who can push me. That's great. You know, who can push me beyond my comfort zone so I yeah. can feel like, ooh, I'm in that. That, that exciting space where I'm yes. like learning now and I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So. And it what, sounds like you, you like that too. I adore it. Yes. But I must say the forces of society push you back inwards often. Yes. And more and more because of, you know, the comments and the words. And I happen to feel that I'm built pretty solidly and there's a thick skin. Yeah. And I'm, I can take a lot of hits, but in many ways, though, I feel often in the world I operate, I'm becoming safer and safer. Yeah. And, you know... Yeah, I mean, it does tend to happen also as we get older. There's like a little bit of a safer, safer, secluding ourselves from others feeling. That's uh, right. Yeah. And, and that's why I think... You need to come and do a session with us. <laughs> Would be a lot of fun. Absolutely, yeah. So I'd love for you to share how you became an entrepreneur because a lot of our friends with us are and many are thinking of, of becoming yeah. an entrepreneur. So what does that mean to you and what process did you go through or advice can you give? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's been a really untraditional path because like I said, I had a strong aversion towards business in general. Yeah. Like I... It's so interesting, you know, but I just, I just didn't want to go into that space of being, um, I think there was just a lot of mindset yes. uh, programming that I had to change around mm -hmm. making money as an artist and what does it mean for me to actually charge more as, uh, for what I do. So it took a lot of coaching, it yes. took a lot, but then once I, I, I think I described, there was a group of women 
who started a business in Oakland called Impact Hub Oakland. Okay. And um, there was specifically two of the co-founders are black women who are both lesbian, yep. who are both Buddhists, and they built their whole business on permaculture principles. And so they built this business that was very untraditional, yeah. that was so focused on their values. And I watched them build their business and I watched them building community and they really took me under their wing huh. and they called me their white son and they, huh. they really supported me in growing Late Night Art into a business. Wow. So they really saw what I was doing was helping the community in San Francisco and Oakland and the Bay Area. Exciting. And they kind of just, they saw the vision for me before I saw it. Hmm. So they really were the ones who kind of gave me the nudge and gave me some opportunities. And once those opportunities started to come more and I started to build my confidence, and I realized that once I was a self-employed person, I didn't have to have a boss. Yeah. And I realized that every single job in my life, I've always had confrontation with people who are um, have power over me. I see. And so I realized that this self-employed life is actually very attractive to me for a hmm. lot of reasons. But I really felt like this is actually my path. Like, wow. Like, this, is, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And especially when I was able to really support the community, feel like every single time I led a workshop, I was literally changing people's relationships in their lives. There was a lot of satisfaction in how I was making money. So I felt really good about my, even when I was working with the, some of the biggest brands in the world, my contribution yes. and how I was affecting people on an individual level, it felt very satisfying for me. So for me, that was the beginning of recognizing I could do this, I could really do this uh, full time. And once I, I, I first I went full time um, and then I worked for like three months. I wasn't able to make enough money. I had to get another job. I got laid off and then I kind of got kicked out of the, the nest again. Yeah. And I, um, I remember being in a space of despair and um, I was actually crying and I called my business coach at the time. She said, you're going to be fine. Don't worry. And I was like, I'm not going to make my rent. And um, that next day I got a huge it was one of my biggest gigs that I had ever had in my life from Old Navy. Wow. And I was going to make enough in two hours that I would have made in four months at my job. I got to raise my glass to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And then that triggered. And so that, that for me triggered uh, a sense of I can do this. Mm. I think it's possible. Yeah. And so it kind of the way I think about it is that I started running and in my mind. And then I never stopped. I just was wow. saying I'm not going to... I'm not going to go back to <laughs> being employed by other people. And yeah. that I know that I have. A and doing that job that did not really that much excited you. And I know I have a contribution to make in, yeah. this, in this world. And don't we all? We are, absolutely. Yeah. So where do you, where do you um, source your creativity? Because you're very creative as well. So how do you... You love people, I do. obviously. I you do. wouldn't do what you do yeah. without loving others and loving to share and looking That's, at... Yeah, that's, I mean, that's so true. I like, I do love yeah. people and that's really a huge part of what I do is around being around groups of people where there's a generative feeling where I feel like people are really being in a generous space. They're helping each other. Yeah. They're opening up to each other. There's people are connecting. There's tears, like these kind of things. This, I think it fuels me. So there is an aspect of my work creating the atmospheres for people to connect in yes. unexpected ways that really inspires me. And I think that propels me forward. So often when I see that and I also see the impact of that, it gives me a lot of uh, juice, you know, energy. Yes. Um, I think I also source a lot of creativity from being um, in nature, from being in the wilderness. Sure. Um, I've recently been really um, on this, this space of turning off my phone and being tapped into the presence of what's happening around me. Great. And, um, Congratulations. Yeah. Not easy to do. It's, it's very hard. We touch that thing way too much. I know. <laughs> Morning, I know. evening, during the day, it's in our pockets. It's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. For me, love, you know, yeah. adventure, travel, um, getting into spaces that are unexpected, where I am in a new environment, where I'm kind of can get new ideas and receive inspiration from the things around me. Unfamiliar environments, I think, is a big source of yeah. inspiration. So, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Now... Where do you think we're heading in society as we speak? Amazing growth of social media, 
Today, are we questioning it? Maybe quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you deal with people all the time. Where do you see the next trends as far as that is concerned? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of disturbing data around the impact of social media, around, um, you know, even though we feel more connected than ever, there's the suicide rate is higher than ever. The loneliness epidemic is worse than ever. People feel isolated. Yes. They feel um, depressed. And it's with youth and adults as well. And people feel unsatisfied at their work. So I feel like we're in a really, there's a place right now in our society, in our world that like we are desperately needing healing, connection, uh, and any ways that we can create environments where people feel yes. more of a sense of grounded connection with themselves and with each other feels like essential right now. Yeah. So, and with nature, as you said. Yeah. Too. And so I feel like that's, that kind of propels me as like, that's part of what I'm here to do. Um, in this makes moment. what you do even more relevant. And more, and it's desperately important, especially now that everyone's in their PJs on Zoom every single day in their living room. Yeah. But I think that um, one of the things that's starting to happen is that meaningful conversations and meaningful events are becoming more popular. So I think that the old wave of nightlife and connection uh, of just um, just drinking without meaningful connection is I think is going to shift. And so I think there's okay. a lot of exciting hmm. things that are coming out where Great. it's like uh, wine grade, food grade, but how can we encourage people to connect with each other across boundaries more so we yeah. can leave the isolated space of with more just, meaning. just being with our partner, just being with our family, and how yes. can we connect with people who are strangers in, a, in an intentional way. And, and connect at a different level. At a different level, yes. yeah. And so I think I've been seeing a lot more events and um, curators, event producers who are putting that meaningful connection and community at the forefront. Mm -hmm. And I also think that since um, so many millennials and people who are younger are not um, really going into organized religion anymore, that they feel yes. spiritual, not religious, there is more of an orientation towards associating with brands and events where there's a strong feeling of community. So feel, things like Soul Cycle and yes. CrossFit of and a ton of other brands have created a consistent ritual where people are actually developing community, which is very interesting. Yes. And I think it just shows that we still need to have organized ways of gathering where we're feeling really deeply connected. Yes. And that it's interesting that brands have become, and, yes. and small businesses have become the, the institutions that are creating that instead of um, organized uh, religious institutions. That's so, it. So I think that's... Yeah, the spirituality yeah. is taking over the, the organized religion for sure. Yes. And we see that even in, in a winery where people want to gather, want to connect deep and get to know one another. Luckily, we have wine, which is the catalyst of discussion. So it really helps sometimes. It does. It does. Yeah. But it's very true. I, I see what you mean. So do you basically you know, envision a new shape of social communications that is designing in front of us? Yeah, I think that the the way that we gather in our society yes, is going to change. And I think that I, I think that the new wave is going to be much more interesting. And um, so I think that it's going to take um, it's already taking root. But I think that mm. people just generally want more yes. from work now. They want community. They want a space where they can fully express themselves and be, be their full selves. They want to feel purposeful in their work. So that's this is like the you know critique about millennials is that they want so much and they feel very entitled. Yes. But at the same time, it's it's changed the culture and the quality of how workplaces are operating. For sure. You know, so the idea of culture and belonging is so huge right now. But I think that's happening even in nightlife and events. It's mm. how can we create spaces and events where people can show up as their full selves, where people don't have to um, just be a certain way or just so kind of, yeah. on that note, what is your dream place for a nightlife event? Why not? Because you're a DJ, you understand the nightlife. Yeah. It's a great place where you started yeah. in many ways. So what's your envisioning of the new restaurant, bar, club where we gather? Mm. What would be your dream place? Well, I'll just you could draw it if you want. I'll later. just I'll just I'll just envision, you know, in an abstract way, uh, incredible food and um, great wine and people from many different cultures and identities and places who are extremely different from each other, who are able to connect in accessible but really powerful ways. And 
and even in having um, a couple conversations with people that are very different from myself, I might leave an evening feeling like I learned something. That's right. Like I built an understanding of someone who's different from myself, and it kind of changes my any judgment or stereotype that I might have. I love it. Yeah. How do you break the distance between one table to the other? And making sure in that bar, in that lounge, in that nightclub, in that restaurant, people talk to one another more. Yeah. Well, I think that structure is really important in creating a sense of safety. Okay. So if there's a, if it's just like, if I just scoot my chair over to your table and I yes. say, hi, you know, I think the whole table will have a, a kind of a freeze moment of like, how long is this guy going to be here? Yes. You know, but if there's a more of a structure where everybody is, coming to the nightclub knowing that there's going to be a one hour portion of your whole evening yes. that's going to be sort of a musical chairs moment I like where that. you get to come in with a group of uh, people that you don't know and maybe exchange uh, tables every 10 minutes and just have uh, short conversations with little groups and that's just part of your evening I think that would be very interesting I totally agree yeah well Maybe we should organize yes. it. Maybe we should do it at the winery one day in oh, yeah. our beautiful crystal cellar or the loach in the garden. Yeah. So it's safe and people can run away from nature, in nature if they don't want to be there. Yeah. But it, I agree with you. Uh, you know, facilitating connection, facilitating people to talk to one another and being with one another, it's key. So what do you think about this Pinot? Okay. Would that Pinot qualify to energize people to go beyond their boundaries? Yeah, this feels like the words I would use to describe it are rich. Um, it feels like associated with um, like an earthy, like Ooh. finding our sense of power and our confidence. Well, let's get more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I feel like this is, um, yeah, it could help. And it could help people feel more grounded in themselves so that when they connect with other people, they're not... Um, they don't feel like a surface, uh, you know, superficiality, yeah. but it's a really strong sense of this is who I am. I'm curious who you are and let's connect. You know? I love it. Wow. <laughs> That's this, what is, I this, this, this is a connecting thing. recipe. Yeah. So what's your dream? You know, we've achieved so creating your own business, an amazing artist because he is using your visual art skills to get people to connect and, and building phenomenal communities and, you know, allowing people to go beyond what they think they can go uh, to get to know themselves better. I mean, you've achieved so much for others, for yourself in, in so many ways. Uh, what's your dream next? Yeah, so where I've been is because for the last 10 years, I've been always in the front of the room. Yes. So I'm the entertainer, the performer, the facilitator, yes. the guide, and um, people are following me. So. I have had the privilege of training about six other facilitators. Oh, great. Wow. And, and seeing what it's like for me to be at the back of the room mm -hmm. when somebody else is leading and having that uh, sense of pride and that quality of just feeling, um, yeah, like I've really helped somebody um, do something that they might not have thought was possible and that I'm their cheerleader, their support, their coach, you know. And so for me, the next stage is really consist is one is taking everything I've done for the last 10 years, yes. really turning it into a methodology mm -hmm. that's accessible, that people can understand, that I could teach to people. It'd be great. And on a deep level, training more facilitators in my methodology and being more at the back of the room and supporting people to take this work and this method out into the world, into different countries and different places where it's needed most. And then in a small way, just teaching people just bite-sized skills that allow them to bring the arts into their life, into their work, into the educational system, into the judicial system, into wow. the places that it's needed. Hmm. So I see myself more as a teacher yes. in a trainer than a facilitator and or an entertainer. Huh. And so it's a big shift for me because I'm used to being at the front of the room. And so there's a little bit of a, I need to even like tame my own ego of what it's like for me when I'm not the leader yes. and someone else is getting the, the spotlight but also I think for me it's very deeply satisfying because I have people in my life now who attribute me to teaching them something that they never thought was possible and to accessing a part of themselves that was sort of surprising and exciting and new and so for me that's just uh, it's a beautiful relationship that I have 
when I feel like I can really That's give right. people this like gift that they can then showcase in the world. So yeah. we need to expect more late night art. Yes. Ambassadors who teach and who become like you. Absolutely. I mean, for me, when I see other people who are leading late night art in other countries, it just brings such a feeling of joy and yeah, uh, beauty. Sure. To, to what a satisfaction. Right? Yeah. yeah. So now the very big question, as you told us where you see the world going, you get to look at all our audience and tell them maybe a big message, whatever message you want to give. I know you're very big and good and fabulous at giving message to people. So maybe you want to give an advice to our friends who mm. are entering not only the 2021 year, but the 21st century with rapid pace and energy and, yeah. and a new year. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's see. So I think that um, one part of the message would be spend more time with children <laughs> because I feel like children have access to their creativity, their imagination um, in a way that most adults don't. And they can help you remind you of what you have inside you as well. And that, um, that think about art and art forms like dancing and drawing and movement and writing, not as um, something to get good at, but as a tool to connect with yourself or to connect with other people. So I just would encourage you to enjoy the process of all of the art forms and to not think about being a good writer or being a good um, illustration artist to being a good painter. How could you be more like a child and really enjoy all of the different creative <laughs> modalities and just see what lights up your curiosity, what interests you and what excites you, and then continue to do that. Wow, fabulous. Well, I'm going to apply that very soon with my daughters. Oh, good. But not only them and all the art forms, I love it. How, I, how old are your daughters? Nine. And this both? is exactly what we both, twins. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, this is great advice for all of us. Now, there's one more thing maybe Adam may want to do. I know there's a page... Oh, yes. Where you started to draw something. So this was our drawing. And this is a lot about us and connecting today mm -hmm. as far as, you know, the symmetry of what you've built. Mm -hmm. And is it a bird or a beard? It was a beard. All right. <laughs> and this was a crystal ball. I, I was thinking of it as the earth. The earth, of yeah. course. We yeah. are the tangent of the earth. I yeah. love it. And was this emotional senses of wonder, right? Here we are. Okay. So let's so, see. Oh, yeah. So explain us what you've done on that page. Okay. Here we have the JCB logo, the beautiful gold. And um, one aspect of what I do, because I see the arts as such a great way to uh, bring people's ideas and their presence and their, their energy onto a page and turn it into a visual, is often when I go to keynote talks at conferences, and um, I'm hired to draw portraits of the keynote speakers. Oh! And also when I'm on the phone with colleagues and friends and clients, I'll draw an image of them on the page with all of their ideas. Whether you met them or not. Whether I met them or not. And it's, for me, it's a way of yes. uh, imprinting their message in my, you, you know, in my memory That's in a right. way that I just can look back on the image and it's... It's much more effective for me to remember things, but it also creates a beautiful image that when I show people can sometimes lead to a really sweet connection. So, And I'm very excited because I often do the same, so I'm thrilled to see how you're doing it. Okay, so I'm going to And do we're going to share with our friends as well how you do okay, I'm gonna those do, with other examples. I'm going to do a quick a quick drawing of uh, JC here. Ooh la la. That's, uh, can you please improve the chin and <laughs> the lips, and <laughs> the look, eyebrows and great. the wrinkles? You look great. There's a lot of improvement. <laughs> <laughs> so this will be a very quick one, but just for fun, yeah. Just to get a... a little bit of your mischievous spirit. Here. Ooh, mischievous. <laughs> so tell me more about that. I mean, I think that we both we see that in each other, that there's like a, a sense of disruption that we, yes. we, don't, we don't want to do things the way other people do things, you know, so. Um, and it's sometimes often, don't you think, not in, intentional. It's the way we are within ourselves. I'm, I've never said to myself, I want to disrupt. I just want to be 
who I want to be and do what I feel inside to do. Of course. Right? Following your intuition, following your, the, in, you know, internal compass. That's it. You know, that's, that's still, that's a big uh, goal in my life right now is to listen to that voice more and to really um, recognize that I have all the wisdom that I need for all the decisions that I'm making right now. So, wow. Yeah. This is powerful. And, and I'm learning that a lot from my, what, what, How from do you my, know which voice? My partner. <laughs> of course. And she's fabulous, so we can understand why. Yeah, she's very good at following. And she has a great podcast as well. Following her intuition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her podcast is called Gateways to Awakening, which is all about um, introducing spirituality and well-being to folks that might not have uh, heard it before. So for I think for both of us, we see each other as um, uh, bridge builders or shapeshifters, where we yes. can translate our ideas and into accessible uh, nuggets of wisdom for people who are in, Ooh. for instance, in the, in the business world who might, might not see themselves as spiritual. Mm -hmm. I think this is a podcast that can help. Well, um, we should certainly have her on the show as well. I would if you allow us highly one <laughs> day to connect <laughs> besides just a glass of wine. <laughs> this is so good. Okay. Ooh la la. <laughs> So are you going to comment on, on any of the features that are telling us something specific that I should be knowing about? Well, let's see. I mean, I think the main thing here that I would like to try to capture is the, the liveliness uh, energy in your eyes. And there's a, like I said, I think the mischief is like a key. You're really doing key, it so key, well. A key wow. part of the... <laughs> it's impressive, the eyes. This is the hardest thing to draw. And Adam is doing it with a Sharpie. Can you imagine? It's not the, the most easiest tool to do it with, right? It's true. It's true. <laughs> but this is... Um, this is very exciting. And then do you, do you put words typically around the portrait? I do. Yeah. So I'll usually write quotes and um, yeah. do aspects of, um, it's really what I find interesting. Yes. So it's not necessarily like all the key points of somebody, but it, yeah. it's a way for me to, like I said, um, imprint in my memory, the, the real like important ideas of the people that I'm talking to that I'm, that I'm seeing um, speak at conferences and things like that. So I, I interact with um, literally the thousands of people. And so for me, being able to draw them, it, it just, uh, it makes me... You are so talented. It's amazing them. just in a few traits, in a few things you capture, you know, even the side of me that I know. And <laughs> yeah. that's what you meant by the mischieving side. Huh? I can understand. Yes, the dimples. My, <laughs> yeah. the dimples. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm with you. I love to draw as I talk to people. And you do that on the phone? Mm -hmm. also? Very much so. I think... I'm always drawing and, and somehow capturing either a drawing of what I think the person is, but even more importantly, what the person is saying yes. as far as what it enlights in me as ideas and, and suggestions. Yeah, I think it's really, you know, we spend so much time on the screens these days yes. that I think that creating drawings while we're on meetings is actually mm -hmm. important for our well-being. Um, and it also becomes a great conversation starter. You yeah. Know, after the meeting, when I send people the drawing that I did of them um, while they were speaking, it, it always is met with laughter and a sense of delight and a surprising kind of playfulness which I love, you know, I love that we can, um, anytime I surprise people and they you get them to kind of evoke some sort of uh, stronger emotion, that's, it makes me happy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's very impressive. You know, this drawing is going to live in our wine lounge where we are right now in Yonville. We're going to put it on the wall and it's going to be forever with your name <laughs> attached to it. All right. Good. Well, maybe you can think of, um, you know, what, what do you feel like for you is, you said that being a disruptor for you is not necessarily an intention. It's just an aspect of following your intuition. I'm curious if you could talk a little bit more about like, when you, when I, you hear me say that I see you as mischievous, like, mm -hmm. does that resonate for you? For sure. And building experience, which is what you do. Yeah. I feel very connected with you, obviously, as I watch your TED talk and I, everybody will watch it from now on. I can tell you because... It, it was a beautiful 15-minute talk you did. 
is very similar to you. I want to create connection. I want to create a new way, a new voyage in people's mind of what they see and feel and sense. I want to transport them. My goal is always about people and their journey and what they feel, what they sense and where they're going and where I can help them to go. Mm, It's typically related, as far as I'm concerned, with senses because it's what I do. I design wine and create wine and, of course, uh, shape wine and shape experience for them. So that's, in terms of description, is hopefully creating wine and experience that they've never seen or never thought they could and even feel comfortable within that area. Like behind us, you have an egg-shaped love seat. You close the egg and then you open it. They live an experience. You are born again. And within that birth, you touch, you feel the feathers, you feel the fabric, and you touch that great velour and velvet, and that's where you are. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I really love. is, yeah. And people come out of it and say, here am I. And you see in their expression that they've lived a moment that is very different than what they would expect. Mm. So I think it's it's taking people from an expectation to an unexpected. That's what I love ultimately to do. Without necessarily shocking them, just transporting them. And then if they love it, keeping pushing there and further and further. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Dear friends, you could see the talent of Adam... <laughs> Of course, from his conversation to this amazing time we spent together, full hour, we're very privileged because normally he's with the top, top, top leaders of the world. Not that you're not, but in a room where he changes the way they see the world and and themselves. So you've really helped us tonight, you know, being very thoughtful in all what you've said. Mm, Thank you. To take us to a new dimension. So I really want to. Yeah, thank I feel you. like I am in a new dimension right now, <laughs> with you and with this uh, all this beautiful environment around me. So thank you for well for the wine for the conversation. Well, and dear friends, you got to see. I know you you still you're still drawing, but look at this. I want to make sure you see the incredible creation of Adam, <laughs> and he made me some nice full cheeks. So <laughs> you know, I have a lot to say. Love talking to people from an expectation to an experience. Very true. I want to create connection. I want to transport them. Yeah. Adam, I want to thank you. This is great. (laughs) You're going to have to sign it and date it because it will live here. Okay, good. And cheers to many more times together. Absolutely. I want to thank you for coming all the way to Napa. Thank you, JC. And congratulations for doing what you do for so many great people Mm. and soon us. Beautiful. To Adam in the wine world. Thank you.